Hey, welcome to our first show of 2022. Ugh, I really, do you also hate saying that year out loud? You're like, no, no, that's that's a fake year. That's like a future sci-fi year. That can't be the present. Well, apparently it is. And uh, sorry for the delay. It's been like two months since we had a new episode. I, uh, I moved, moved to Denver, Colorado, where I'm now working as an anchor and quote unquote, Mr. Positivity reporter doing all like fun featurey stories for the most part. But it's actually very convenient because Speedy lives in L.A., where she currently works for Funny or Die, so that's better for the time zone difference. And it's through Funny or Die that we have our guest today, Sarah Schaefer. They recommended this comedian, Sarah Schaefer. Uh, she's very funny on social media. You can check her out on Twitter and Instagram and many other places. She's been around for like 20 years now. She was on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon for a while, working for them on their digital side. And she's done a lot with Nikki Glacier. She was on John Oliver's stand-up show. Like She has done so many things, a lot of people in the business. I was doing a stand-up show this past weekend. And I brought up Sarah Schaefer, and the headliner was like, oh, my God, Sarah Schaefer. Like, people love her. And what she's really great at is a thousand different things that Speedy and I aren't because this podcast has been very pop culture-based. We like to talk about movies and music because we're obsessed with that. But we want to fill in the old soul gaps. And Sarah has a thousand tangible hobbies that truly make you an old soul. She can crochet and quilt and sew. She's into miniaturism, miniaturists. She has like a magazine she reads from at one point. Like she's into so many different hobbies that I feel like truly make you somebody who feels like you're from a different era. And we also talk about stand up and great heckling stories. And um, we get deep because uh, I do stand up too. And I find that it gives me a lot of anxiety. And she has found that too. And we explore that because we're willing to go deep on this podcast. And then we also um, have Sarah take a BuzzFeed quiz that tries to guess her age based on her internet habits, uh, and you'll see whether or not it was correct at all. Uh, so we're very excited for you guys to hear this and to kick off 2022 with our first episode. So here comes Sarah Schaefer, and now here comes Jungle Fiction. <laughs> Welcome to your old soul, Speedy. The old phrase of the day is curtain twitcher. Curtain twitcher. Curtain twitcher. And we'll get to our esteemed guest in a second. We'll let her think about it for a hot sec if she is a guest for what she thinks it is or maybe just what she wants it to be because it should be up to her at the end of the day. She's our esteemed guest. But Speedy, what do you think a curtain twitcher is? My guess is that uh, it is someone who is indecisive. So they're opening the curtains, then closing them, open and close. I like that. That's a good one. It's emphatically wrong, but I like it. <laughs> Let's get to our esteemed guest, even though you're probably just reading uh, about her on the bio on, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts <laughs> right now. But that's okay. I'll just say it anyway. You probably know her from a lot of things. She's been a stand-up comic, and she's been around for a good amount of time. I don't know what the sweet spot is because it's like, I don't want to say a long time, but you've you've been prominent and famous for, I think I read you started stand-up in 2006, I think. Is that right? Maybe. Uh, uh, I, I'm in 20 years now. 20 years. There you go. So now yeah. I'm emphatically wrong. <laughs> so now we're 0 for 2, Speedy, welcoming the esteemed guests. Uh, she's working late night with Jimmy Fallon. She's done a lot of stuff with Nikki Glaser. She has a book called Grand, and she has a podcast now called The Schaefer Shakedown. Mm-hmm. 
which is weird because her last name is actually Cornblum. So I don't know. Yeah, I wonder how they come up with Schaefer. That'll be the first question. It's, we ask. it's anyway. a podcast about how I'm trying to rough up a, and uh, shake down a, a guy with the last name of Schaefer. That's the whole. <laughs> you found this guy. <laughs> it's a true crime podcast. Yeah. Where you create the crime. You're creating the crime on Just the trying go. to get this one guy, you know. <laughs> Name Schaefer. <laughs> um, so, Sarah, let's get back to, to Kurt and Twitcher. We just like learning a new old phrase mm-hmm. every day, no matter how unused they are anymore. Yeah. Um, do you have a guess of what it means or what you want it to mean in your world? I mean, I can't help it, but I'm going to go with something to do. It's pro- Is it derogatory? Because it sounds derogatory. It sounds like a <laughs> slur. You know what's funny? It's an old British phrase. And like that okay. makes it even sound more derogatory. Yeah, it I'm like, like, is that a, a slur for someone? <laughs> no, I think um, maybe somebody, uh, maybe it's a cat. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to go that with that. That would be fun. So according to the Daily Mail, because they had this article about traditional old British phrases they want people to start using, a curtain twitcher is a nosy person who watches his or her neighbors. Oh. Neighbor spelled O-U-R-S, of course. Oh, that's good. Typically from a curtained window. That's good. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that a twitcher. lot. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like if I used it, it like you said, it would sound derogatory. Like well, you'd have know. to explain it immediately. <laughs> People love when you just explain throw it jokes out there. to them immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a curtain twitcher. The known British phrase meaning nosy person. <laughs> um, so, Sarah, usually we have a couple of things like to do on the start of the podcast. And yeah. if we don't think a guest would enjoy it, we don't include them on it. Because okay. sometimes we're old souls. We'll have like older guests on and they don't want to deal with our hoopla. But we felt like you yeah. would enjoy it. So would okay. it be cool if you if you partake? And the things we like to do at the top of the show. Sure. I mean, what is it you're like? So first what we do is we all show our genitals on camera. So everyone take the knife and cut your hand slowly and pour it into the goblet. Right. And then we all name someone who we hate in the business. No. And then we, we take the doll that we made of them and yeah. the needle and we slowly... <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Speedy, will you do the honors, please? Oh, yes, yes. We're going to dip into some pop culture, which we said we weren't going to do today. We said we weren't going to do it, but we just got just, just one. one, just one. We like, to, okay. we like to start off with this week in history. Um, uh-huh. So uh, this very week uh, in 1967, <laughs> okay. the Beatles made it big in the U.S., and they had the Beatles. The Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> are, did the current Twitter just make you want to be British for the rest of the podcast? No way. Uh, are you? You're thinking the Beatles are old timey. Why? I mean, Danny and I were born in the nineties. I, I can so. tell that. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm older than you guys, so actually, this is working out well. So anyway, continue. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. This oh, is. God. I mean, that makes me sick to my stomach to be like. Oh, the Beatles, I'm much more. But if you had said in 1947, I would have been like, oh. (laughs) Well, this is how I feel now when they play like Blink-182 on classic rock stations. Oh, you're going to. Yeah, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) All right. So in 19, what was it? 67, the Beatles. The Beatles. Beatles. Long ago when when the world was black and white. Long, long ago, prehistoric times, they Mm -hmm. made it big in the U.S. with... I want to hold your hand, 
for seven weeks at number one on the U.S. charts, which was monumental because the only U.K. act to do something like that was the Tornadoes um, before that. People forget. People forget the tornadoes. <laughs> People never knew. <laughs> <laughs> they came in like a tornado and destroyed all the history and record of them in the yeah. process. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, is there a band, Sarah, that was suddenly considered classic and you were like, wait a minute, hold on? Oh, um. well, what, what sucks is that like in our upbringing including you in that like there was a point where we never we all stopped listening to radio like regular radio and and now it's you know spotify and everything is catered to you and you're not listening to a station per se but i do remember at one point you know maybe it was like vh1 classics or something was like put on some you know uh some pearl jam or something and i was like oh dear god (laughs) it's like no (laughs) yeah and now to like i well well, here here's the moment it's not radio related here's the moment for my 40th birthday my husband surprised me didn't say what we were doing until we literally pulled into the parking lot and i saw a woman selling the t-shirts like over her arm Mm. and i mean i've never bust out laughing and crying at the same time it was a counting crows concert (laughs) (laughs) and i mean i was in that crowd we got second it was second row seats he was like they weren't hard to get Um, expensive (laughs) he told you that (laughs) they put on a great i know come on dude no (laughs) Uh, it's the thought that counts um he they put on a great show, but I truly was like looking around and I was like, this is it. Everyone was sitting down for most of the concert, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a moment where I was like, oh, this is what it's like. Like when my mom would be like, I want to go see Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like this is, this is me doing that. <laughs> anyway. I, I saw the Flaming Lips in concert like three years ago and their lead singer Wayne Coyne came out and he has like mostly gray hair now. And I was yeah. like, you don't look like the album that's always on Spotify when no. I listen to you. He's grown up now. Yeah. Things change. Um, one other thing that we do, and then we just get on to talking like humans. Um, we're, we're obsessed with misheard lyrics around here. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I probably should have just told you that beforehand in case there's one that you always have that you always get wrong, but if yeah, you want to think do. about it uh, while I read the, the one for this week, yeah, let read, me know. read it and I'll... Uh, I'll okay, find this, usually like I'll, people will write them in, I'll see them from online. This is a personal one, so please um, be nice to me because this is something I've done my whole life. And then I thought I fixed it and then found out last night I actually had just thought I fixed it and had just come up with another answer that was also oh, wrong. No. So, <laughs> do you know the song Brass Pocket by The Pretenders? The one oh, that's yeah, like, gonna use my song. arms, mm-hmm. gonna use my legs, gonna use my style. And then it's the next line that I've had wrong yeah, my whole life. It's a tough life. one, yeah. <laughs> my whole life, I thought she said, gonna use my sassy. <laughs> like, her sassiness is a weapon. What is it that she yeah, says? I can't actually? remember. So, use so, my so. Sense of- sense of sense of style what is it? <laughs> yeah a background singer comes in so style mine's worse than yours so then so then i thought of this when i was prepping last night 
And then I was like, oh, but I know what it is now. It's it's psyche. She uses her psyche. Oh my God, I never knew that. And I'm wrong. Yeah. That's not what it is. I looked it up. She actually says, I'm going to use... Wait, do you know what's speaking? I don't. I don't. I'm on the edge of my seat okay. on tinterhooks. What? <laughs> she says, I'm going to use my sidestep. Oh, oh, yeah. I did know that. I did know that. I swear okay. I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what does that mean? What is a sidestep? She's going to like kind of shuffle to the side. She's going to shimmy? Okay. I was like, is she juking them out? No, like, I what think is maybe this? she's doing her like um, sachet with her hips. Ooh, okay. Okay. I don't know. Step. I, my sister, my sister is really good at lyrics. Like she knows every lyric. And she's got one of those brains, and she gets so mad at me because I, not only did I get them wrong, but I'll paraphrase them because I'll get the general meaning. You know, it's like <laughs> everybody wants to be in charge. You know, like, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll change it to that. <laughs> she gets so mad. <laughs> But I, I'm very good at remembering the exact tune and like all the harmonies. Like I'm more of like a musically I have like a good I'm good at name that tune and stuff like that. But like I mean you do play instruments, right? Yeah, I, mean, I have more of the musical keyboard, right? tap, but yeah, I, I don't remember. I think I've I mean I've got so many examples of getting lyrics wrong. If one comes to me, I'll let you know. Yeah, it would have been really useful if I just like told you ahead of time, right? <laughs> you know, well, that's on you. <laughs> I was anyway. really quick before we go for it. Yeah. I just want to say to everyone listening, I find it ironic that you have a podcast about like old souls, like people who feel that like they're old people inside younger bodies, and you're making me do this at 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm up past my bedtime. What are you, you do doing? Stand up. You do stand up, <laughs> bitch. I'm- I go first on the lineup. <laughs> you like, host on purpose. Like, do you want a headline? I'm like, no, I'll go first. I'll break the ice. I don't give a shit. I gotta get home and go to bed. Do you do you 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 host and then you say and then bring yourself up? I'm gonna do my ten, <laughs> yeah. introduce the feature, and then I'll do a you tight can bring five yourself just to break the just to get them going. Like, let me go. Yeah, People are like, oh, do you you don't yourself. hang, you don't hang out. I'm like, fuck no. I did that. I'm I'm done. I'm <laughs> I don't mingle. <laughs> You're like, we have a show. It starts at 11. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Whenever they're like, yeah, Robin Williams and David Letterman used to hang out at the comedy store after all. They're actually like, no, screw no, that. No <laughs> I'm way. I'm going to bed. Um, okay. Well, here's the truth. Uh, the reason we didn't used to be this late. I know. People, you got and, jobs and stuff. You're yeah. So I, I recently I moved I to Denver and I anchor the evening news now. Wait, what? <laughs> So I used to. Congratulations. <laughs> no, I don't seem like a newscaster. Right? No, it does Thank seem you. that way. Your no. voice. No, it makes sense. It tracks. I, I am fully buying it. <laughs> Hang on to the news anchor voice. That's special. <laughs> I love Thank you, it. But I keep getting out of breath, though. Have you ever done a show in Denver and been like, the air is so thin, you have to like, <gasps> or do you just do oh. your tight five, so you don't have to worry about it? <laughs> right. I only perform for five minutes at a time. Um, no, I have. I did Aspen. Uh, they did like this mm. big comedy festival, the lawyer time. Um, it was it was like on par with like Montreal at the time, like uh, these big comedy festivals. It was the HBO comedy festival at Aspen. And I did one of the last years they did it. And uh, I remember I was sick, like with a cold when I was there. 
on top of it being high altitude, which I had very little exposure to at that point in my life. And I mean, it was rough. Like I was like, <gasps> like trying to get through my performance. Uh, and they had like oxygen, like little canisters backstage, but I was too oh afraid God. to like really? breathe Seriously? that in. I was like just weirded out by it. So I didn't do it. I should have. <laughs> so is that a common problem? People trying to perform and then passing out or <laughs> enough that they <laughs> need an oxygen mask <laughs> yeah i well no i don't know i don't remember i mean i've performed in colorado since and in, and and in other high altitude places and performing in i don't think you realize how much breath work there is in stand-up until you do it in a high altitude environment you're like i am doing cardio right now what is going on <laughs> <laughs> i know i've been reading like the newscasts and I'll have to breathe, but I'll be like, I'll be like, and then he was murdered <laughs> by his brother. You're doing like a John Oliver on the, on the <laughs> yeah. I'm like willingly trying to get on John Oliver. Like I know it's coming. He does uh, a lot he, of because he does like really long uh, phrasing. Yeah, and then he'll take a big like if you watch him, you'll see like he does these like really intense like, and that's you know. Like, <laughs> he it's he's part of actually. His style. He's actually made fun of me twice now. Really? So it's not like on yeah, the show not, is like a news anchor. Yeah, because like you know I'm I'm open market, so it's oh, kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah he he did like a whole thing about my last show, and then I, I haven't watched him since, and he was my favorite. It's kind of a. Right, I don't want to bring, bring up. <laughs> Let's get to Sarah, please. Okay. <laughs> um, but Sarah, the reason that we were really excited to have you on, I mean, for many reasons, but one of them was that we feel like we've kind of stayed in our little pop culture corner, like just being basically a Wikipedia page for music and movies from the 60s and 50s and 70s. And like, mm -hmm. we want to complete our old soul diagram. We feel like you, I mean, you like crochet. Like you do stuff that's the only real the tip old of the iceberg honey <laughs> come on honey <laughs> tell us you want to bring it out into the real world with things we do with our hands when we're old souls what is that i got I just you type hobbies granny core what do you need <laughs> i mean a, a granny core <laughs> is that just sweaters that's my aesthetic no it's it's a whole thing like first off crochet figurines, dollhouses, cross-stitch, gardening, teddy bears. What do you need? Precious moments. What are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I, you should do – you know what you should do, Sarah, on your podcast? You should yeah. do a segment where you go garage sailing. I mean, I should. And you I've record been, they, it. I was talking to a production company that wants to, like, work with me on it, and they were like, you should do, like, little field trips. And I was like, God, yeah, estate sales? Because that's where I get uh, – I've done a few, and I need to get back into it, but, like, I have, like, vintage tea towels, like, vintage <laughs> – like, I, I anything – and don't – I don't care about the, like – because I've talked about this on my podcast, but, like, there's been this push for, like, these – this aesthetic is, like, kind of getting cooler now, like – quilts and like uh like i have this it is very cool it's a i'm in my closet it's a it's a little it's good sound. hoodie that i have uh made out of a vintage quilt Whoa. and it's this company called psychic outlaw this shit is cool i mean it's like hipster shit like this this stuff is like fashion forward for young people but like i saw it and i was like i must have it and like 
Um, I mean, I've got all kinds of stuff. Like, <laughs> this is, I didn't prepare. This is literally like, what's here? <laughs> you know, like, I'm a subscriber to American Miniaturist magazine. What is, is a miniaturist? A miniaturist? Yeah, what is that? Please. Someone who makes miniatures. Hello. Miniature what? <laughs> Dollhouses. Oh, that's very different. Miniature dollhouses. Oh, I. No, dollhouses yeah. are miniature. Yeah. Get, get with the fucking program. <laughs> I just want to learn. I figured you wanted. See how it's like not even a full size page for a magazine. Like it's a little smaller. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's like meta Wait, commentary. Speedy, you should tell her. You should tell me about your Christmas break. I was going to launch into that real quick. Yes, I spent. Get in there. Oh, boy. Maybe four weeks of my life hunched over making a miniature Christmas room. And uh, yes, the... yes, this is what I want to hear. <laughs> what scale? What scale are you working in? Oh, boy. I, I should know the scale. I would say maybe yeah, like one, 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 one twelve, probably. That sounds right. Was it, was your room? about 10 inches 12 inches tall or was it taller than that was it like barbie sized or was it gi joe sized? that's the easiest way to oh i would say poly pocket sized it was oh even smaller it was real so it was small. probably like probably like a one um uh 24 or maybe even a one 124, which is dollhouse within dollhouse size i love that you know these stats you were probably on a 124 <laughs> Guys, who loves fraction jokes? <laughs> I, I, I have um, Star Wars collectibles. Yeah. yeah. So they're pretty small. Oh, yeah. Just saying. That. Yep. Well, some of the six inch figures in Star Wars, they're, they're like backpacks and like weapons and shit like that do fit well. It's very close to dollhouse size, but not, not exact, but close. Yeah. I, I know too much. <laughs> um, this room was... But Granny... Yeah. Or just, this room was insane because all the materials that I bought, you know, I'm, I'm used to with miniatures because I am used to... I have a history with miniatures. Um, you, you you buy... That sounded ominous. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I have trauma. Miniatures <laughs> <laughs> trauma. You know, usually you, you buy certain elements and then you place them in the room and it's, it's kind of an yeah. exercise in room arrangement but uh yes yes it is at this particular miniature set every piece was handcrafted which is why it took four weeks of you, my life you made it all it yep. was all constructed mm -hmm. you know you build all the furniture you upholster the cushions mm -hmm. on the couch yep. you build the shelf and then all the books on mm -hmm. the shelf you make every single page of yep. every tiny book on the shelf um it was yep. very painstaking and, but it made me realize that I wanted to do that because I feel like a grandma inside, but I could only complete mm -hmm. the task because of my young joints. So I was kind of wondering mm -hmm. who this could even be marketed toward. Old people can't do it. And very few young people want to do it. What do you mean? The hobby or your product? Yeah. You, you selling here? Cause you know, Sarah's <laughs> buying. She goes, what are we talking she, here? <laughs> she goes to many estate sales too. She buys many estates. <laughs> Oh, no. See, I made it sound like I'm some uh, wise craft wizard. I mean, it came from a kit, which I had oh. gotten from, like, Japan. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. all the wood Those and are all very the pop. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but mm -hmm. I'm wondering who they're trying to sell this to because 
To you. I guess, yes, to me, a very small And you did it. (laughs) And I did it, yes. Well, I I mean, I would say that, like, miniaturists, yeah, it takes fine motor skills. So I think that, like, you know, when you reach a certain age, some people can't do that kind of thing. But a lot of people who do dollhouses and stuff that are older, um, they sell everything. So if if you don't have the skills to make the stuff yourself... It is a matter of like, I'm decorating, I'm putting in my collection. I mean, I think it's a lifelong thing. It starts when you're a kid and then you revisit it, revisit it at some point. Maybe you have children or you're just someone. I mean, a lot of the miniature community, the miniaturist community, it's uh, actually a lot of people in Hollywood are miniaturists by default because the the set design people um, all use miniatures to like, I guess they use models a lot to, in architecture, people do modeling. Like, I mean, the, the, the male term is models and dioramas. The, the female term is dollhouses and miniatures, which is annoying. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a painstaking hobby worth it, worth it. Because I have a neighbor who is six years old and she comes over all the time and is like, can we play miniatures? Like, you know, she is, that's the dream. You know, my dream is to be the lady at the end of the block with the house that maybe the kids are scared of it first. Cause they, it's like covered in like, you know, thorny bushes and stuff. And it looks like a witch lives there, but then they find out I'm on their side and I have <laughs> potions and miniatures and like other stuff to do. And I save them, protect them. Anyway, that's the dream. Will, will you, will you pitch us, tangible hobbies because i think a lot of okay millennials like what like we like oh we watch old movies and i have vinyl but like that's not like yeah. making anything i mean i think to make stuff you know you've got your classics you've got crochet knitting these are all things you can learn as an adult you don't have to have known how to do it before i think if you're drawn to certain types of activities certain things cross stitch is a great one if, if you Cross-stitch is really good if you are someone who likes attention to detail and you maybe have a little bit of a OCD tendency or you like repetitive, patterned things. Cross-stitch is really good for that. Um, gardening, sourdough, that's a big one that came up during the um, during the pandemic. All the mm. preserving things, making jams and jellies canning you know these are there's so much to do decorating your front porch for various holidays it it doesn't take much you made a zesty cucumber salad on instagram i saw that i did i did Hell yeah that was uh you can get old right old recipes from the 50s and 60s like all those weird jello molds that were like weirdly spicy and savory but it looks like dessert and you're like why do these ingredients go together <laughs> get those start working on that there's so much to do i Um, mean every day i find a new thing that i'm like what how do we how do you make a candle (laughs) you know like (laughs) how do you make a candle well Well, (laughs) yeah funny okay here we go you've come to the right podcast i gotta say if you're interested in picking up granny core uh cottage core is another term that people use um cottage core yeah i'm sort of gravitating more towards auntie core which is its own sort of 
special niche. Because I can't claim grandmotherhood. I've never had a child and I, and I don't plan on having kids. So really I'm embracing the spirit of anti-core. Anti-core. Um, Those are two different things. Anti-core. <laughs> anti-core, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Pick one. But uh, I lost my train of thought. But anyway, yeah. You have lots of cores. Yeah. I'm so... We're in the leisure section uh, on Apple Podcasts, and I'm weirdly competitive, even though it's technically leisure, so you'd think I'd be more laid back. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> am I still, you know, I want to crack uh, a certain threshold. Anyway, one of the podcasts in front of us in the top leisure podcast is called Weight Loss for Quilters. <laughs> I What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like would you go that time- far? <laughs> Every time a, a manager or an agent or some industry type person or producer is like, you know, what you're doing is really niche. I'm like, no, it's not. Not compared to <laughs> some, what some nothing. people are doing. <laughs> Weight loss for quilters. Quilting okay, is want... another hobby. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> how, how, would you, how would you lose weight quilting, though? What do you think? Do you think you put weights on your hand? No, I, I think you, uh, I mean, quilting could be, there could be some, uh, cardio there. Cause you do, I've quilting is the dream for me. Mm. It's, it's, I've wa- always wanted to quilt. Um, but it takes a lot of space and, uh, I've never really had that space. Like you have to have like a dedicated big, you don't have to, but I tried to make a quilt in a tiny apartment in Brooklyn one time with like a small sewing machine and it was a disaster. And so, um, I've sort of just put that on the side of like, okay, that's for when I have like an actual crafting room with a big old table and all that stuff, a cutting mat and things like that. And I'm sure every surface in your home is already towering with doll houses and, you know, I have a corner. It's called craft nook. (laughs) I'll send you a picture of it. I have a whole nook. That's just for me and my clutter. And then I have like an entire, uh, our apartment is, it's kind of cool. It's like, it, it, it's a small apartment, but it has like a very cool design. The previous owner like customized it for himself and his preferences. And he clearly loved cooking. And so there's this giant, it's one big room in our main living area, but there's like a giant Island and it has the stove and, um, the oven and all that stuff on one side. And the other side is just storage. Well, that's where all my craft stuff is. You just open up. Here's the felt drawer. Here's the here's the paint drawer. Here's where the vintage cross stitch patterns are. You know, uh, I got it all set up. But um, one day I'll have the craft room, and that's when I'll know. That's when you'll know. Well, my 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 mother in law, my husband's mom, when she retired, her gift to herself because she's like a lifelong seamstress quilter. And she bought, I think it's like $15,000, like this huge sewing machine. It's, it's like a quilting machine. And it's, so imagine like the width of a king size bed. That's how wide it is because you feed, you feed an actual blanket through it and you have this thing. It's almost like a, um, like a fucking, (laughs) I don't even know what to call it. Like. Like a steady cam, like that kind of hold, <laughs> like holding that, and you're like sewing, and it's like the it's massive, and she like can finish quilts on it like automatically. You can program in the designs, or you can do it manually. It's really crazy. Wow. Uh, that's the dream. 
And then you came home and you were like, honey. Honey, can we get a separate apartment for just for that? <laughs> for my car-sized sewing machine? Yeah, it is. It's so big. <laughs> <laughs> because we're so cold in Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> that I need more quilts. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, we're all in comedy here one way or another. Uh, I do stand-up. You write and do stand-up. Speedy performs and writes. And, like... Do you find that, like, whether or not, like, a gig goes well or not, like, having these tangible hobbies is, like, well, whether or not a gig went well, like, I made something today. Or, like, you can just, like, do something remedial that's just kind of, like, over and repetitive. And that kind of helps you, like, sort through your mind a little bit and, like, compartmentalize. Oh, yeah. Like, the the I always talk about this on my podcast of, uh, like, the mental health benefits of crafting and hobbies of any kind things that bring you out of your virtual life or your career mind and bring you into the present moment. Um, like repetitive handwork, I, you know, or just things that take focus that you're, you know, um, having to use your hands or your mind to focus on, um, take you out of like whatever anxiety spiral you might be in. But also, I've always said for depression, I think a really good thing to do is to have um, something that you have to keep alive. And for some people like me, I think a pet and a, a, a child, a pet I might be graduating towards. A child is too much, I think. <laughs> but um, I love being like a part of the auntie core lifestyle is like, I love being an auxiliary, uh, an adult in children's lives, but I've chosen to not have my own that I have to raise. But I think that's good. Cause I have more love to give. Um, I'm not reserving it for my own child. I, I if you bring me your child, I'm just all on them. I'm like, I love you. Bring her your like, children. Listeners yeah. of if you're an old soul, bring Sarah yeah. your child. <laughs> I, I, I have like a whole cabinet of just stuff to give kids when they come over. Or if I'm going somewhere and there's a kid, I'm like, I got to bring him something. I can't not show up with a little trinket or toy or something. So anyway, um, uh, keeping something alive. So like a plant or even a sourdough starter. It's, it's, uh, those are organisms that you have to feed and take care of. Um, I was going to say, I recently got into fermentation and having to keep it alive. It's like a pet. It's like a pet. I have a worm. (laughs) Yeah, I have a worm bin. You know, I got to feed the worms. I got to take care of them. And it it just takes you out of yourself and gives you that one. Like whenever I'm really down, you know, I'm like, well, I have to. They'll die if I don't maintain this thing and just doing that one thing feeding the sourdough starter or feeding the worms can break me out of a real funk and so mental health i think with this stuff it's really um helpful and also you gotta you're, you gotta get ready because one day you are gonna be old and you need to embrace it and be excited about i can't wait if i had the money right now i would just be old <laughs> <laughs> put it on the poll if you had the money would you just be old i mean you know, i would just do old shit all day long you know because like people are always like oh i'd love the life of a dog it's like you mean you get fed twice a day no i mean if you're gonna have the lifespan of a dog be an old person you have yeah. all the money and you could just eat all the time and watch soaps yeah not a worry in the world 
Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I love that, that, you know, it's a good, it's a good, good for your life to have, and like, like stand up, you know, those things that like my worth is on the line of like, did I do well at the show? Is my career going well? Um, and then when I go back to just making something for the sake of, of being creative, then suddenly I'm finding myself being really more inspired in my stand-up and in my writing. Do you ever have to like remind yourself like, oh yeah, I love this. Like I find this fun. That's why I did it. You Which know what I mean? thing? With anything. With art comedy? and comedy. Like even oh, like, yeah. with this, <laughs> like with this podcast, like Speedy and I were on the phone like an hour ago <laughs> and I was like, I think we have to remember that we love this. Yeah. <laughs> and it can't go wrong if you because if it's fun you know what i mean especially with stand-up too like you were thinking yeah. so bad about not forgetting a joke or making sure this is the right audience for that joke you're always like is this going to be the right audience for that joke and then you get up then you're like oh yeah everyone's staring at me and i'm making them happier this is like why yeah. i live i had a good a good piece of advice what's his name gandhi kirk fox <laughs> kirk fox Right? Wait, is wait. the guy who was in Parks and Rec, the tall dude with the mustache? That guy? Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's so great. Yeah, yeah. he was on... Uh, it's something, Fox. He was on something recently, too, that I was like, there he is! Um, let yeah, me just he make sure. Up. I'm I can just Googling Google it, to too. Make sure. Yeah, he Kirk played Fox. The sep- That's what Kirk I was Fox. right. I always get names wrong, and I'm glad I got it right that time. Kirk Fox, Hell yeah. who, who I've met a, a couple times. We know who each other are and stuff, and but we're, we're not like close friends or anything. But one time, long story short, he he gave me a little piece of advice, which was just like, um, you know, remember, I'm trying to find you guys. Hold on. There you oh, on your, <laughs> Too on many your tabs open. Are we old souls or what? You know, once it's, pa- once it's past 9 p.m. <laughs> I'm like this close. <laughs> yeah, she's, a, she's um, up against it. She's like, you're on speaker? It's just my nostril. Um... <laughs> No, Kirk Fax, he just said something along the lines of just like, remember that they are there for you. You know, the audience Mm. is there to, they want you to succeed. Um, I do think sometimes there is a push in stand-up or this idea that it's combative. Um... That it's about pissing people off and, and pushing boundaries and making people uncomfortable and, like, all that. I, I, that's not really my thing. And, like, that's not really the venues I perform in or the audience that I draw. Um, but I'm not famous enough to, like, guarantee fans in every show. So I still have to hustle. And But I think... For the regular person who's going to a stand-up show and they're not like a specific edge bro type of fan where they're like, I want you to fucking say slurs, you know, like, <laughs> you know, if it's not that type of guy and those, they always are kind of, some of them always slip through the cracks somehow and they don't research who they, they're coming to see. Um, is that the most people who go to see comedy, they want you to do well. They want to like you. And if you have that attitude when you go on stage, it makes it much better. Because, like, if you go up there and you're like, you you think you, you think I suck? I'll show you. Like, that's just, 
that's a really aggressive. I've been in that. I've been. I've gone out there in a hole already <laughs> that I've had to dig. Why am I already down in a hole? I haven't even gotten on stage yet. Why am I starting by digging myself out? Start way up here. Yeah. It's Do you hard, have a though. favorite favorite heckler? A favorite heckle story that you like or one that's like, yep, oh. that sums it up. Hmm. Thanks. I mean, one of the most memorable ones is the first time, you know, like mm-hmm. when I was really naive about what comedy was like. I mean, I moved to New York in 2001 and late 2001, like right after 9-11. It was, so it was terrifying to begin with just to be there. Um, didn't do stand up until the next year. Um, I didn't I had never seen stand up in person. I didn't know what the fuck it was supposed to be like. And I did like a bringer show at New York Comedy Club, which was kind of sketchy at the time. And I just remember these like this big group of young guys. They seem like frat guys. And I get up on stage. I haven't even said anything yet. And I just hear a guy yell out, I'd fucker. I just remember being shocked. I mean, just like I had I didn't know what to do. I had to ignore it, but it rattled me. And I was just like, wait, is this what this is supposed to be like? I fucking hate this. Like, I'm just getting up and being yelled at. <laughs> um, that's probably one of the most memorable ones is because it was the first one where I, like, didn't really fully. You know, I, I think these days so many young comics in, with all the access to podcasts and, you know, so much of documentaries and all this information about how to be a stand-up so many young comedians come into it fully educated. Like, here's how you destroy a heckler. Like, they've watched a hundred videos already. I didn't know what a heckler was. Like, I didn't know anything. And I was a fucking idiot when it came to all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, so it was a real shocker to this shock to the system. Um, and I, I mean, right now off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else more deliberately awful (laughs) um but i've definitely had all your run-of-the-mill like boo like you know not funny like that kind of one one happened actually off stage i'll tell this one i got off stage i i had eight i was featuring for somebody at this like midwest club it wasn't it was just a bad weekend nobody it was poorly attended and it was just off all of it and I ate, I bombed for like, you know, I featured. So I was like bombing for 20, 30 minutes straight. I am where the point where I'm like sweat, sweat is going down the front. I don't sweat a lot, but when sweat rolls down the front of me, mm. I know things are bad. <laughs> and you can feel the bee and you like, you're yeah, doing I'm your set full, while also knowing right, it. I'm in full like fight or flight mode at that point. <laughs> um, I get off stage and I'm in the back just like kind of nursing my wounds mentally and I'm watching the headliner um, and this woman comes up to me and she goes, she has this look on her face, like that look that people give when they're like, "Mm, I'm so sorry, you poor baby. She comes, she has that face and she like reaches her hands out and like reaches out to me and I think she's a, I thought she was about to say like, I thought you were funny. That's I always I, love that. Right. That's what I, because I've gotten that before and it's it's awful when people, I thought you were funny. It's like, so you're saying no one else did? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I thought that's what she was going to say, but instead she said, mm, 
I wasn't laughing because I didn't think you were funny. No! <gasps> <gasps> no! Tragic! No. And I just went, I remember, it was like the one of the few times where I said the right thing in the right moment and not thought of it later. I just went, walk away from me right now. <laughs> Turn around. I went, walk away from me right now. And she went, oh. <laughs> she t- she did she put her head down like a scolded puppy and walked away because <laughs> my head i wanted to go like yeah i know that's how it works you fucking idiot <laughs> right as if that needed you didn't explaining. need to tell me right you didn't need to tell me i get it <laughs> they, they always think that it's like your first time bombing Right, like this isn't how it goes for stand-up. Comics. They think it's your first time ever performing. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's it's their the it's their first time at a show, obviously. Yeah. They <laughs> so they're don't like, well, this is all our first time. We're all just it's just an experiment." <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's stand-up is weird because then you have to like remind yourself afterwards. You're like, okay, this isn't everything. Seems like everything, but this is just a facet of my life, and this just is a career, but it's not a life. Those are two different words. It's not you know who I mean? you. Well, that's the thing about stand up is so hard is that like that I don't think people who don't do it understand fully is that, or people who aren't adjacent to our world, is that when you're up there, whether you're doing a persona or not, you're still your name, unless you're doing like a fake name, like the wonderful, you know. <laughs> wizard of whatever you know doing some weird character um but you're you and or they think it's you and so you to not take it personally is really hard and to not when you get rejected on stage that is very hard to not feel rejected as a person like you know if you're an accountant and you fuck up the numbers you know you can kind of go, okay, that's my life's work, but the numbers aren't me. <laughs> but like when yeah, you're up on Excel. stage, you're like, those jokes are me. That was literally my life story. <laughs> I have worked on that for years. People hated <laughs> I've, it. <laughs> I've been mining and honing that bit. Right. I mean, that's why with my book, I, I wrote a memoir and like that was the most vulnerable I've ever been. And I've been pretty vulnerable on stage, but that was really hard for me to put all that out there. And I decided from day one, I was like, I ain't reading one fucking review of this book. Like, if people want to tell me they liked it, I'll take that. Or if for some reason the New York Times is like, it's the best book we've ever read, which didn't happen. But it, I told my I told my publisher, I was like, if that happens, please tell me. But I don't want to know anything else. Like, don't t- I don't want to know what some random person thinks of my life, you know. Who could um, review a memoir? How do you like? It's basically a diary. Oh, they do. Yeah. Who could I mean, review a diary? They're pretty harsh on a on memoir. Oh, memoirs aren't diaries. <laughs> I understand. That's what I learned. <laughs> but it sounds like you kind of treated it a little bit like one. Yeah. No, it was very at. personal. It was very true to me. But you know, it. You know, people. I just remember I got the first taste of it. I did. They published, like NBC News blog or lifestyle blog, like published an excerpt from it. Long story short, I saw one comment online that was like, you know, so fucking disappointed. Like, what the fuck is this? I, I wanted somebody to die. <laughs> like, it was one chapter. Because it's about like a, a memoir? An, an outdoor adventure I took. And they're like, nobody drowned. I thought at least there would be a bear attack. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> so people are like literally mad that I didn't die. <laughs> 
because they see you as a character. Anyway, <laughs> they're like, Long there wasn't answer. enough character development. Yeah, <laughs> like, gosh, there's memoir. a lot of uh, yeah. People are like, gosh, this is a lot of unresolved issues in this book. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm still alive. <laughs> like, it ain't over yet. You know? uh, who who were some of your like influences growing up? People that like really you were like, oh, they get me, like. You know oh, I mean? the adults. I mean, like, you know, I'm assuming the two of you always, I mean, I think old souls, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I always felt a little more comfortable around adults mm-hmm. yes. uh, or people older than me. Um, I just felt like they got me. They saw me more. Their attention meant more to me than being popular or, you know, I mean, yeah, I fretted over the fact that I was what I considered kind of a, a dork at school or whatever. It would have been easier to have been popular, but I kind of read the writing on the wall real quick. And I was like, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be a cheerleader, a pretty girl, I'm not going to be popular. So how can I just ride the middle? <laughs> um, and I think being an old soul in a way helps you in that because you are wise to the tricks, you know, and you, can navigate it a little better and teachers like you which yeah sure you're a teacher's pet but you know you're making good grades you're getting a little perks (laughs) (laughs) they let you go Uh, to the go to the bathroom and you know like they give you the hall pass yeah right (laughs) go Go ahead sarah you're not gonna get into any trouble you're not gonna do shit (laughs) that's so true i had two teachers at my bar mitzvah like I invited our math and science teacher, and yeah. I thought it was the coolest that, thing. So to I'm not, there. I'm not Jewish, so I don't know. Is that not normal to, in like not in to to invite teachers to a, a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah? Like what what? Right. What's well, the protocol? Technically speaking, it's yeah. family and friends. Right. But for old souls, old souls, friends were my teachers, so I. <laughs> Honestly, if my parents gave me like two more invitations, the lunch ladies were coming because I love them too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are the people you yeah. talk to, you know? Yeah, I mean, mine extended to my church life where I, because I was raised like Southern Baptist and, um, and I was really into youth group and like all the, you know, the, the choir leader and the youth pastor. I was just like, and I'm still friends with them. <laughs> Really? to this day yeah i mean i'm not su- i'm not really religious anymore but like i keep in touch with these particular people who just were adults so I actually say like influences i know you probably might have been asking about like comedic influences or, or artistic influences but for me big influences were like my older siblings my parents um my youth pastor certain teachers um camp counselors <laughs> like these mm. are the people that really shaped me <laughs> and then you know and in and, and then as i got older and then like in comedy and stuff you know it's always the like elder the elder statesman and um but in comedy you know i m- the people i looked up to when i first moved to new york were like because when i got there was the height of like the alt scene and like uh, and i hate that term but um we don't have time <laughs> we don't have time. The, the, the term doesn't even work anymore. Like, it doesn't make it's just sense classic rock at all. <laughs> um, right. Um, but like Eugene Merman and Todd Berry and uh, those were the people that when I moved to New York, I was like, I would do anything for them to even know who I was. Andy Blitz. Like these 
guy, John Benjamin, like all those guys, um, were just so fucking cool. Zach Galifianakis and like, you know, Janine Garofalo, Sarah Silverman, although Sarah, I, I wasn't really drawn. I didn't really vibe with her stand up at the time. Um, it wasn't really my thing, but now I love her. It, it's more mm. of a later thing with her. Um, but then like, you know, I mean, and, and people people always ask, like, what are your comedic influences from a young age? And it's, for me, the Muppets. <laughs> you know? Hell like, yeah. <laughs> um, Monty Python. And um, I was like, a, I loved SNL. I mean, like, I really do have to credit SNL. I was obsessed. I knew all the, the state, which I, I don't know if, like, you you even grasped, because I think you missed it. Um, what I missed? state. The state, Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black, like it was a sketch show on them. MTV. Oh, got it. When I was in middle school, and I mean, I it was one of those shows that like, because so if you grew up at a certain point, you watched everything on TV, and then there was like a dark period where like everything disappeared, and then we got Netflix and all the streaming stuff, and like old shows were being uploaded, and or you could get DVDs, but. The state was a show that like disappeared for ten plus years, um, maybe even longer, twenty years, and then it came onto Netflix at some point um, in the early days of Netflix streaming. And I watched, I think they had two or three seasons, and I I was shocked. I was like, I haven't seen this in so long, and I know every word, <laughs> like really? I knew the words to the sketches. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was really into sketch and stuff and um I wasn't a like hardcore student of stand up the way that other people were, but you know, I absorbed it. I watched, you know, like all the like evening at the improv and like uh the whole VH one stand up spotlight where Rosie O'Donnell was the host. Um so I absorbed a lot of stuff, but I wasn't like a, a nerd about it. I didn't know I wanted to be a comedian until I was in my, until I was like 23. Wow. Speedy, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't spend all of college trying to figure out how to be comedians all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like a more like processed thing at that point. It was like colleges actually had figured it out and stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, like at my college... Uh, I went to William and Mary in Virginia and there was no stand up there. There was nothing you would never see a stand but there was sketch and there was improv. But John Stewart went there. He did. <laughs> and so Pat Oswald. So um, everyone funnies went through there. It's a factory. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty good pedigree there, but um but the but now there is like more of a like, yo, there's an open mic night on Mondays. Like stand up is way more in the public consciousness in a way for young people. I don't know. Maybe it was just my upbringing in the South and the lack of technology and access to it. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't something I had even seen in person until I moved to New York with the idea. I went to New York like, oh, I'll do sketch or maybe I'll do improv. I didn't know. I just wanted to do comedy. Yeah. And you did it. Oh, there I you did are. it. I Hell did it. Hell yeah. Did it <laughs> to Hell. the nines and tens. Regret it every day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to take up too much of your time because it is late yeah. for all yeah. of us. Uh, I did. I found a quiz. It's a BuzzFeed quiz. And uh, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. it 
guesses your age based on your internet habits and i wanted to take it for you you would tell me what to say and we'd see oh this will be interesting because i i wonder it could be <laughs> we could be all over the map here <laughs> all right so we're taking the buzzfeed quiz we we can guess your age based on your internet habits made by a very well-renowned psychologist on the okay. buzzfeed staff okay okay first question the psychologist what? is on the buzzfeed staff no, I was kidding about that. Oh. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 no. Probably. Uh, you know, let's give them credit. Let's give them credit. It's yeah. by uh, Haley Tillette. So thank you, Haley. Okay. Um, okay. First question. What do you do when you want to go to a website? What? Do you <laughs> type type part of the URL into the search bar, bar and then let it auto-populate? Type the full URL into the search bar no matter what. Google the name of the website or ask Siri or Alexa to take you there. Well, that's okay. I know you have to pick one of these answers. What was the first two? Uh, type part of the URL and let it auto-populate or just type the full URL into it entirely? Part of the URL. Okay. I think that's how most people would answer. Um, yeah. Come on, Haley. Leave a fill-in-the-blank fill question. Um, okay. I would have been right. like, yeah, which is it a website I know about or is yeah. it one that I don't know? Yeah. If I don't know, like if I'm not sure what the website for a certain like place is, I'll Google that and then click on it. I think that's <laughs> but if very I, normal. If I know it, I'll go, I'll just type like CNN. I'll just type CNN and that will come up. <laughs> she tried to get you with the Siri thing, but. People who are like older, they use Siri to send texts, and that's what drives me crazy. When they're like, "Yeah, they Siri, do." Tell Joey done. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. This next one, I don't know, because I feel like you're too famous to be on Facebook. That I'm much, not that but... famous, but okay. <laughs> Can we take the compliment? Please? Okay. Thank you. Please, thank you. I facebook i'm too famous for that <laughs> <laughs> no honestly we're just we're just too young for facebook at this point like right. it's really just like aged out for us um what's the primary type of content you post on facebook let's say that's also with instagram and twitter pictures with family and friends i only look at other people's posts that's a great one political <laughs> statements i don't have a facebook account or milestones i don't even know what it's such a it's such a loaded question for someone who has a career right. where, yeah. where you have a brand, like, I'm With like, all the, those things. cause I basically use social media to promote my career almost exclusively. Even the stuff I post about my family is like, to be like, look, I have a family. <laughs> those get a lot of likes. But I mean, I posted a video <laughs> of a, of a spider in your hand the other day and you're like, I have a new spider from my dollhouse. I don't think that was you bragging or promoting your career unless you're going to, it's part of like, a, oh, look, I love miniatures. Isn't that cute? <laughs> right. You're authentic because you have hobbies and therefore. Yeah. I mean, I post right. things. I don't, I'm not so craven about it. I mean, I just, I, I, uh, I would delete all of it if I didn't need to promote my career is what I'm saying. So I don't know if I can answer this question <laughs> properly. So we'll say milestones because it sounds like. Yeah. Milestones like, you know, sending a message. <laughs> I'm to better all than you viewers. I'm better there. than you. <laughs> I had a milestone. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> okay. What's your favorite social media platform? Ugh. 
Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, or Snapchat. You know, and I got to be honest, there. in terms of enjoyment, TikTok. Yeah? Which yeah. TikToks are you, are you all up in? Oh, uh, I'm in <laughs> full-on cottagecore. Uh, <laughs> Auntiecore. Auntie, yeah, like, like somebody fucking in the middle of the mountains in some Asian country I can't identify just slowly making rice. Actually, I don't even know what they're making. They're, it's a process that is so complicated that I don't even know what the end product is. But it's like 18,000 steps and it's so slow. And it's like, well, now there's a now there's this white cur- like curd and then they got to push it through a piece of silk for an hour. And then now now it's in the sun and they're drying it off. And then I don't even know what the end product is. They're just it's just a very gentle process, that kind of thing. Or, you know, or somebody like uh and then, then it'll show me for some reason. It'll show me um, women. I don't know why. It'd be like, he cheated on me, and here's how I got him. <laughs> I don't want that. But I can't turn it away. I need to know. I mean, I don't how'd care. you do it? And then you know, uh, it kind of, it definitely knew. I mean, it was one of the most incredible algorithms I've ever experienced. Like, because I signed up for it raw. You know, you sign up, you're like, they don't know who I am. I've right. never posted. I don't post on it, so I'm just observe. And uh, it knew within two weeks that I was uh, left leaning, that I was like ex Christian. Wow! <laughs> like, it knew everything. Yeah, that I liked crafts. So do you <laughs> calligraphy? Do you, think, do you think that your your TikTok algorithm is more authentic to you than like your Instagram post? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I bet that would be a good poll question for everybody. Do you think your TikTok algorithm actually has figured you out more than the projection yeah. that you make to everybody It's else? more core to who I am than what, you what I'm projecting. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a joke that I came up with while you were talking, but I sat on it. But I'm, I want to tell you, even though it's a bad joke. Tell it to so, me. <laughs> so does that mean you're also into cottage curd? Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Because you said you like, you know, you're watching Curd. Um, uh, so we'll say TikTok. <laughs> Was that not a great joke, Speedy? Oh, I I giggled. I did. You can't okay, you can't good. see it from from home audio listeners, but my shoulders were going up and down pretty okay. rigorously. Sarah, I was on the BuzzFeed article. What did you do during my joke? I just clicked away. Good. Okay. So, um, where did you get your news online? <laughs> where did you get your news online? Uh, my Facebook feed, news websites and apps, trending tweets, or I don't get my news online, newspapers and magazines only, including Miniature Magazine, of course. <laughs> American Miniaturist. That's American all. Miniature. There's Shout a lot me. going on in the doll world right now. No, um, uh, you know, I don't want to admit this, but I would say a lot of it comes from trending Twitter mm-hmm. topics. It's the fastest thing. How could you not? But I also do have like news apps that I follow and stuff. So, yeah. and I watch the Today Show every morning. Really? Yeah. Who's your fave? <sighs> All time fave, Meredith sure. Vieira. Yeah. I feel Phenomenal. You. Funny kind you could tell everyone fucking loves her i worked briefly on who wants to be a millionaire when she was the host i never even got to meet her except at the very end like for a second and i just was like i love you 
Um, <laughs> and she's, so she's one of the nicest celebrities. She's, you she's great. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm drawn to Al Roker because I know at any moment he's going to bring a, an AR 15 to the studio and just unleash. He's, He's ready to snap. He, he's, he's done. At it. <laughs> <laughs> he's the People. only one left. You can just tell he's fucking had it. <laughs> um, uh, I, I love Savannah. Thing. Yeah. I do this thing in the morning when I have to get ready to go to work because my girlfriend always watches the Today Show every morning mm-hmm. where I do the Dana Carvey German accent where I'm like, goodbye, Hoda. Oh, well, wait, I wasn't even counting Hoda. Okay, Hoda and <laughs> Kathy Lee and the fourth hour. There's no, there's no funnier late night show on television. Mm, that's a they are the take. funniest, especially when it's Kathy Lee. They are the funniest people. Jenna Bush Hager. Look, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I've come to love her. <laughs> Good. We need more love in the world. Why not? I mean, I mean, she's the daughter of a war criminal, but I do love her. <laughs> I think she's a genuine person. Anyway. I do like your I like your take about them being the best late night show because at this point a lot of late night shows are more like sketch and game shows and like yeah they're, they, they're game shows yeah yeah and they're actually Kathy, just like Kathy talking. Lee and Hoda had a rapport that was beyond hilarious. I mean, just it, it was so great to watch. Anyway, so we're gonna go with tweets, <laughs> <laughs> trending tweets. All right. Oh, I love it. It takes me 12 hours to do a BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I told you we were going to go to bed soon. I'm sorry. We're keeping you up. I hope that's okay. She's yawning, everyone. You can't see. She's yawning. And she's putting on a nightcap, like one of those old caps. <laughs> I'm literally putting see. on like a muumuu right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, a long like... <laughs> white nightgown. <laughs> yeah. And she's lighting a candle, a little candle holder, <laughs> and she's, she's holding it. <laughs> And she's slippers. She's now warming milk. I'm getting milk. my bedpan ready. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's slowly creeping up the steps, holding her candle. <laughs> Where's my warm milk? <laughs> she said goodnight, moon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's the next what question? You, what do you do online to procrastinate? I feel like we're going to end up needing like a fill in the blank for this too. But okay. Scroll through Twitter, play solitaire, mm-hmm. binge YouTube playlists, stalk the Facebook pages of people you've fallen out of touch with, or watch TikTok videos until your thumb is numb. And this, what was the question? To waste time? To procrastinate? Yeah. What do you do online to procrastinate? Uh, Twitter. Yeah. 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 TikTok you, is how I wind down at night. Because it just makes, brings yeah. me joy. Because it's the things that you like. Yeah, Twitter makes me angry. <laughs> yeah. Do you, and upset. Do, do you ever um close Twitter only to reopen it immediately? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not joking. In the past two days I've been it's been taking a while to figure out, but I have a child lock app on my phone now that I'm using as the adult and the child, but it's a way of like having um I've tried a million different things, but I'm trying a new one right now that blocks certain apps for certain hours of the day so that I can't get on Twitter and Instagram like right when I wake up because that's really my danger zone. My danger zone. Yeah. When you're like in bed, you don't get up yet. You can go through Twitter. For it hours. just starts me yeah. off on the wrong foot. I don't yeah. get anything. If I'm too far down that when I wake up, it's bad. So. Yeah. I woke up and found out Meatloaf died and then I cried the whole drive to work. 
That was that was my day. I'm <laughs> not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I, are you a meatloaf fan at all? Like, do you do you like meatloaf at all? I've had a. I've had my meatloaf days. Yeah. <laughs> You've dabbled in loaf. Yeah. Um, well, like I was like, I can see paradise by the death. <laughs> <laughs> And I was actually on the way to the DMV. So that's, I think that's why I was so oh, emotional. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. let's finish this quiz. Let's go to bed. Okay. How do you communicate with your friends online? We send snaps to one another. We have group chats on Facebook Messenger. We email each other or we just text. 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 All right, we're going to keep rifling through. Where do you do most of your online shopping? Amazon, curated product sites, brand websites, or Craigslist? I feel like your answer is going to be Etsy and... Uh, what is it? What's the difference between curated or brand? Oh, boy. I would say Haley? curated. Curated. Moving yeah. through. Okay. And, oh, last question. Okay. This is amazing since you're married. Um, congratulations, by the way, on that. Two years. Thank um, you. And finally, how do you date online? This can be <laughs> how you met your husband. This is one of them. Uh, I have profiles on dating apps like Tinder and Bumble. I DM people I like. I use matchmaking websites like eHarmony and Match.com, or I don't date online. I don't date online. Well, I met my girlfriend. I online. never That's have. Fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> People always look down on you, you know. No, I, I, <laughs> I missed out. I mean, on the horror. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to guess how old this thing thinks you are? Forty-three. Speedy, do you want to guess? Ooh, I'm going to go a little younger. I'm going to say 35. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah Schaefer, according to BuzzFeed psychologist, that's not a psychologist. You are 18 to 23. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? That <laughs> is a bunk. load of shit. I thought, I was like, oh, there's too much Twitter involved in this. It's going to know that I'm exactly 43 years old. The algorithm. I feel like young people Facebook. don't use Twitter. I thought that was the giveaway. Uh, you know, I I think you should make a podcast now called If You're a Young Soul for 18-year-olds like you, you know? I'm an old soul that I'm, – I'm an old woman who's, like, cool with the kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. Does that actually I make you I have little older? trinkets for you. <laughs> it does. No, I want to get to that point, you know, like where – you're in the Betty White zone. <laughs> we're like, you know what I'm talking? The Mandy Patkin zone, like you're, where people are just like, oh my god, I love them. <laughs> um, I mean, I was when I was in middle school, and I just wanted to fit this in somewhere during this podcast because I have to tell you this: you couldn't have picked a better person. I mean, I'm sure you've had great guests, but I am the best. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I my nickname in middle school was grandma <gasps> so it had started young yes <laughs> wow. they my peers and i didn't know that that's and you know when someone gives you a nickname that tells you something about yourself that you had no idea mm-hmm. yeah. they call me grandma was there a moment that inspired that we're like there was no i don't know back. they were just like you're a grandma that's well, how you, slow, that's your whole nickname. demeanor. <laughs> and at first like, I was like really upset because I was like, that's not what I'm supposed to be. But then I started kind of being like, well, at least I'm getting attention. Um, <laughs> and your comedy and, career was born. Yeah, I embraced it. And then in high school, again, middle school, high school, totally separate group of people, different schools. 
in high school, they we I went to like a weird magnet school, but like so we didn't have superlatives the way that most schools did, but we did do like a it wasn't a slam book, but it was like a a book that everyone passed around and you, everyone had a page and you put in what you thought the person That's was. So they're really specific. Some of them were so mean. Yeah. I look back, I'm like, is that person okay? Like, <laughs> oh, no. And then you would like check by, you would vote next to ones you liked. Like it was almost like an old school Reddit, like upvoting system. Um, but uh, mine was most likely to play an old woman on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of combined all my interests. <laughs> How could you be mad at that? I mean, I know it's so funny. <laughs> could be worse, right? Like, all right, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. But that would involve um, acting. Oh. You know, you could just step on stage, and here I am. Here I right. am. Right. Exactly. You slip what do you mean right play? In. What do you mean play? <laughs> B. Um, well, Sarah, we really a- appreciate your time and staying up so late. All three of us are exhausted, of course. Yeah, of course. That's true. Thank you. You can see the bags on these faces right now. I know. Sunken. God. <laughs> um, we plug Schaefer Shakedown. We plug Grand. We should probably plug Ha Ha too. Ha Ha Hole. Excuse me. Anything else you think we should plug, please? No, that's it. Sure. Instagram, uh, Twitter. That's where you can access all these things. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? She's on Twitter, by the way, guys. <laughs> I am. Mm, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs>